Like, yes. like a phoenix rise from the ashes of, of COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, what he okay. said. One, two, three. You guys are still alive? Yeah! Holy sh- The average person touches their face two or three thousand times a day. Three to five times every waking minute. You gotta isolate the sick, and I mean really isolate them. We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. We're doing that. No, stuff. we're not doing it. And if one of them has got it, that ten of them have got it. What does it mean? Judy, what does it mean? They're checking for elevated temperature. It's gotta be something about the virus. If you don't know what's going on, maybe we can actually help you. Time to nut up or shut up. Hello and welcome to Apocalyptic, a movie podcast where we review apocalyptic movies. I am Jeff Haskell, and I'm here with Cammie. Hiya. Chris. Ahoy. And Andrew. Hello. This week, the movie du jour is Idiocracy, <laughs> a, a movie that's not as well known. Uh, it did not do very well in the box office, but we'll get, that, we'll get to that later. Um, first up, we have a couple shout-outs for people who have commented or reviewed our podcast. I yes. divert to you, Andrew. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to shout out, um, gosh, the, pronouncing these names are going to be fun. Um, just James Spa. James, just James Spa. Or Just James, <laughs> who likes to spa. Okay, we think it's Just James, Pennsylvania. That's the guess. PA, Pennsylvania. Oh. But Andrew, why, God why bless you, you I read it the, the same exact way you did, and when Chris corrected me, I was like, oh, I feel so dumb. It's so straightforward. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, I don't, I've never, I can't quite relate to the need to attach your state to your name, but hey. We are not just that Spa does. That state's no. literally <laughs> right next to yours. Ohio borders Pennsylvania. That's <sighs> true. His state is California now. The more you well, know, the more you know. He thinks Canada. Let's be real. Ah, yeah. Oh, Canada. So, just James Spa said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just finished... Li- oh, sorry. This is a comment on uh, episode four, The Roads poster on Instagram. Uh, he says, just finished listening to this. Love your podcast. I have to say this epi- episode is what pulled me in... As I live in the area, and it was filmed, and regularly ran. Jesus, hold on. <laughs> Am I reading this wrong? Sorry, let's say he regularly I have to ran say, the paths where the movie was filmed. Yeah. Well, he said run. It's gr- grammatically incorrect. Let me try this again. <laughs> no, no, we're not correcting him. <laughs> we really appreciate your comment, James Spa. <laughs> He regularly ran in Pennsylvania, where it was filmed. Yes, <laughs> yes. We, oh, now man. everything's together. Thank you, James Spa. <laughs> <laughs> and the, okay, and the other comment we got was from a friend of ours. It was just a a suggestion, constructive criticism on oh, uh, yeah. the audio levels, making sure that they're more consistent. Because I guess there's, he had to kind of tw- mess yeah, with his no, that's, volume that's, rocker. That, that's my B. That's my B. <laughs> Uh, We're working on it, so just it'll working consistently on it. improve. Episode one was technically my first garage band project that I completed mm. in full. And now we've done a few more of these. We, also, we, I think we've got... We're each like slowly getting like professional microphones one by one. <laughs> so yes, 
<laughs> every episode it gets a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I think so I we think appreci- we, we've got it pretty well. We're pretty so that is to say, in. Darby, we appreciate the critique and we will work on the audio levels to make your car rides more enjoyable. Exactly. Yes. And everyone else who's listening to make your car rides or gardening or dog walks or... Or staying at home. More pleasant. Staying at home. You can you garden at home. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever indoor activities you enjoy. Yes. Uh, thank you. And don't forget, if you haven't done a review or a comment, uh, do that for us if you wouldn't mind, because it, uh, it makes us feel really good. So thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> and Chris, let's go to you for the current COVID case count uh, right now in the United States of America. All right. Well, uh, it's not great, Bob. Um, the current cases as of uh, 0321 GMT is in the U.S. is 1,237,633, which is an increase of 201,868 from last week's pod on April 28th. Um, the number of deaths have gone from 59,266 last week to 72,271, so an increase of 13,005. But the recoveries, we've gone from 142,238 to 200,628, so an improvement of 58,390. So our condolences to those that have passed away, but uh, congratulations to those that have recovered. And thank you to those that are, you know, following the guidelines and wearing masks and not spreading COVID nineteen. And, and all the people working on the front our, lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please keep it up. Very true. Yeah. Absolutely. And as we all are doing this, how is the quarantine going in your respective places? Let's start with uh, Andrew with you. Um, quarantine's getting boring. Um, <laughs> it's, That's I mean, good. I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's, it's great to have this podcast and sort of, uh, you know, working the episodes and the Instagram and all that stuff. Um, but it has gotten so boring that I got so bored that I decided to shave my beard, which I have not done close to a decade so i genuinely wow. forgot what my face looked like uh and i don't like it so <laughs> i'm I've, i'm excited to for it to grow back um i feel like it's so funny being back to where i went to high school because now i literally look like i'm in high school again <laughs> you look a lot younger andrew that's when you yeah, left for a moment we were talking about how much younger you look do you yeah, have to like, like moisturize it. a lot more? Because I remember like Jeff grew an epic beard uh, right before we got married, yeah, he did. and then he shaved <laughs> it all off. And I remember just like he had to just my skin was pretty rough underneath it. The skin so much. Well, the nice thing about my face right now, because I, I there is some dryness. I've noticed that, but since I'm not dealing with the elements, <laughs> it's. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> it's recovering well. Oh, all right, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's see. My uh, my quarantine update is I went to Costco this week, uh, which is always interesting. Nice little lineup. I was able to get a twenty five pound bag of flour. 
which I don't think I've ever had so much flour. <laughs> Kim was very happy about that. Um, she likes to bake, and I actually like to bake as well. Um, and what I thought was interesting about it was it's it's a wholesale bag. There's no label. Like, there's a label on it, but it's like a sticker. And it's got no other packaging details. And you can just kind of tell that it was probably intended for, you know, a restaurant or a bakery or something. And they're selling it in the stores, which I just thought was kind of interesting, you know, as we, uh, as the food chain changes, uh, because restaurants aren't getting products. You know, I can assume that consumers are going to get kind of unlabeled or wholesale packaged products. So, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. We stocked up on a bunch of stuff. Uh, and that was good. That was my update. What were you, Cammy? Well, with that success of finally getting flour back in the house, we also had a small, um, very small tragedy, and, and that's that our washing machine broke down. It stopped um, rinsing, which is a very vital part in the washing machine world. <laughs> Especially because we do cloth diapers, and so the house kind of stops when you can't wash Whoa. diapers. Fortunately, we have disposables oh, as backup. Thankfully. But it was a huge bummer, and it was funny because Jeff was like, we, we just bought our house in August, so we, we knew we had, like, manuals and stuff for, like, the machines in the house, but we, we hadn't really gone through it because we didn't need to. And so Jeff was like, oh, we should check it out in case, like, it tells us how to, like, fix it or whatever. And we go through it, and we find that if there's a warranty for the machine, and we're like, oh, rad, let's see when this expires. It was, like, two days from when we discovered that the machine was broken. So we immediately called, and we, like, that got figures. in just in time. Literally the day before it was going to expire, we got a schedule appointment for <laughs> under warranty, which was, whew. Got real so lucky. Good. Yeah. God's plan. Meant to happen. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. So that was exciting. So a tragedy that, or not a tragedy. It's not a tragedy. It's not I don't want to use that word, problem, especially right now. Which fortunately Issue. seems inconvenience. like a, an inconvenience that will fortunately have an easy solution, potentially. That was good. Chris, what about you? Well, I have uh, a story of both highs and lows. I was able to successfully construct a planter box out of uh, scrap wood from our yard, which was pretty cool. So uh, I felt pretty good about that. But then I also, um, we, we purchased a table and it was meant to have an umbrella that you would then place in the middle of it. But it turns out that the table uh, was missing a hole. And so <laughs> instead of purchasing a whole different table, my bright idea was to go purchase a whole drill bit and basically just drill a hole right through the center of the table. Yeah. Flawless oh, plan. The execution, <laughs> however, uh, I learned a valuable lesson in that for some reason, the middle of the table was not made out of strictly wood. Turns out that there was some type of metal strip running kind of through the middle. And so my whole drill bit only drilled about half a hole. <laughs> so... I learned a valuable lesson about that and had to drill a second hole a little farther over um, to the chagrin of uh, my wife, who wasn't pleased that now there are two holes in this table. <laughs> the, beginning, the beginning of a hole. And a new yes. What's so the I was able to, return I was able, it worked. I was, the second hole was great and it worked and the, the umbrella fits perfectly, flawlessly. Now it's just a matter of finding some type of bib to cover the first half hole 
from the exposed metal pipe that runs through said table. I wonder if you can plug the first hole with something and then uh, paint over it. I don't know. I thought about that. I'm, it's it's about a, it's it. about an inch and a half in diameter, and so it's it's not a small hole by any means. <laughs> so we're we're not at that stage yet of uh, of recovery, but um, I'm hoping. I'm the not laughing homemade... at you. I'm laughing with you. No, no, it's okay. I'm hoping the homemade planter box will be uh, distracting enough from the mistake. Oh, so, you can put like a, a small flower pot in the middle. <laughs> Bam. Done. And. Honestly, that's, I think, what that's what Anna's doing. Okay. So, um, and highs and lows of, of, of woodworking, I learned in one day. Nice. That was an exciting, like, roller coaster. Yeah. I didn't know where that was going to end. <laughs> but I'm happy where it ended. I still don't feel that confident using my hands, but uh, the longer this quarantine goes... Um, the better I'm getting. I feel a little bit like Mel Gibson in The Patriot with that chair. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was like, Where, Mel Gibson in what? <laughs> the, I, the completion of the sentence is important. But yeah. that's one of my favorite parts of The Patriot. The beaver. Is him, him completely all... But it, it no, goes... It's a great scene. It's a great scene because he it shows that he's been trying to build the perfect rocking chair and he's tried clearly like 10 or 15 times and he can't get it right. And then he goes to General Cornwallis's, uh, his estate, and he has the perfect rocking chair. And that's kind of how I felt, because I just, woodworking's hard, man. Any type of construction is tough. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's your lesson for the day, fans. <laughs> also, fans, if you're not familiar with Mel Gibson's The Beaver, look up the trailer. Not Don't actually oh, watch the yeah. movie, just look up the trailer. I've never seen <laughs> the movie. The trailer's <laughs> great. It's a weird one. That's a Jodie Foster uh, joint, right? Yeah, she directed it. Yeah, they're buddies. It. She directed that one, they yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, all right. Let us move on to the <laughs> Idiocracy trailer. Um, do you guys have it queued up? Yep. Yes. There we go. All right, I'm going to count down on one, everybody. Three, two, one. the dawn of the 21st century, the Army began a top-secret experiment. Meet Joe Bowers, our first subject for the human hibernation experiment. As you know, this is highly classified. However, if successful, we believe humans can be stored indefinitely. However, the trial run was prone to human error. See you in a year. And Joe slept slightly longer than expected. Half a millennium, to be exact. From Mike Judge, creator of Office Space and Beavis and Butthead. Oh, my God! If you were the smartest person in the world... This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. And we're stuck with the dumbest people in history. If you have one bucket that holds two gallons, and another bucket that holds five gallons, how many buckets do you have? Two? What would you do? Excuse me, um, I'm actually supposed to be getting out of prison. You're in the wrong line. I'm the smartest guy in the world? Says who? The IQ test you took in prison. You got the highest score in history. Even smarter than President Camacho. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of America. In the year 2505. We got this guy. He's going to fix everything. So you smart. The ordinary will be considered extraordinary. I thought your hair would be bigger. 
Idiocracy. For the smartest guy in the world, you're pretty dumb sometimes. There you go. Idiocracy. That's I wonder good. I wonder that, if anyone who is going to listen to this has seen this movie. I mean, I assume some. I don't know. I mean, I, Idiocracy's uh, a classic comedy. I, this is technically the first time I ever saw it, but I was always very aware of this movie. It was always on that on the list to okay. see. That's a really good segue for the uh, the box office right there. Well done. Yeah. But there let's do the synopsis first, though. The synop- I mean, that was a good segue, it's true. But yeah, the synopsis, I mean, it kind of describes it fairly well in the trailer. Yeah, fuck your segue. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one, but, th- I mean, the synopsis essentially is, yeah, a guy is part of a medical, or sorry, a military experiment where they are going to test this, uh, this way to freeze super soldiers, their best, the brightest of soldiers, uh, to bring out when they need them in a future conflict. And during this test, uh, they decide to go with the most average, the most average uh, person from the military. Surprisingly average. Um, um, Luke Wilson. Test it out first. <laughs> He's a pretty handsome and then guy, I guess. They can't find a female equivalent, so they find a prostitute. <laughs> All right, let's go get that uh, in the movie. <laughs> but yeah. um, the the uh, the experiment loses funding and it's closed, and so they never actually get woken up. And so Luke Wilson finds himself waking up 500 years into the future. And unfortunately, those who have procreated over the course of half a millennia um, aren't exactly the smartest people because some of the more intellectual people have decided not to have children over the course of time. And those who are procreating, like rabbits essentially, (laughs) are much more prevalent in the world. So he is trying to find his way back home to 2005. And that's pretty much the synopsis of the film, uh, frankly. And uh, Chris, let us now go into the box office performance of this film. Oof. Well, uh, so the the bud the the budget for this film was anywhere from two to four million dollars. Wow. And the right. domestic the domestic take was a whopping four hundred and forty four thousand. Um, which is only not shocking compared to the international take, which is (laughs) $51,210. So somehow every other country on the planet other than the U.S. could only scrounge up $50,000-ish for this film. (laughs) So So a worldwide total of $495,303. But that's not a surprise considering... So this movie sat on a shelf for a year after it was filmed. And they decided not to spend any marketing dollars whatsoever. And they wanted to go like direct to DVD, but under contract, they have to sh- be shown in theaters. They bypassed major markets, including New York. And so it, that explains essentially like why they buried it essentially they, they buried it yeah. it got buried um because it had wow. so many like larger corporations featured throughout it i think it was that and some other things they were just really not behind like the studio's not behind the movie at like all carl's jr and i guess costco <laughs> starbucks <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i was wondering how they were able to pull that <laughs> off without getting in trouble but i guess this is maybe they didn't and that's why they decided not to put it out in as many theaters I don't know. Yeah, because this movie came out after, like, he had a lot of successes, like Beavis and Butthead, yeah. Office Space, like, 
this should have also gone quite a bit of attention and said it got buried. Yeah. That's wild. It's I, kind of I cult classic not regardless. Know any of that. So maybe it See, makes I, sense. Well, well, I'm 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 curious what like uh, uh, home video sales are because I, I I this movie I've this is the first time I saw it, but it, to me I've always thought of it as this like cult kind of classic. But maybe I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just degree, sort of maybe, the zone but... that I'm in. I'm a big fan of Beavis and Butthead in Office Space, so that's maybe why. <laughs> the highest yeah. of brows. Yes, oh yes. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, I heard about it in college, I think. Um, and that's that's how I got introduced to it. But I, I really don't know how prevalent this movie is as far as, you know... I think it had a bit of a resurgence when um, our latest president got elected. <clears throat> no, but okay, yeah, the comparison, or at least like the celebrity president, is featured pretty heavily in this film, where Terry Crews is the former WWE, you know, superstar who becomes president. Um, and ironically, I think Donald Trump was also on the WWE at some point. I think he makes an appearance. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. in fact, yeah. he he was in a bet with uh, with um, oh god, the the CEO man. Yeah, about um, where one of them had to have their head shaved based on the results of a of a match, and at the end of it, um, McMahon lost and Trump shaved his head in the middle of the ring. That's so so ridiculous! Oh my god! Could you imagine uh, if Donald Trump had had his head shaved? That would have probably been wonderful, but I don't think he would have ever agreed to that. No, it would have scurried no, away before it before it actually <laughs> happened. It just like scurries. <laughs> Oh, it's too funny. All right. Do you guys want to talk about sort of the opening of this film, which I actually found to be... Well, sorry, Chris, you said you want to comment? Uh, just one comment. I'm looking at the box office mojo page, and I, I think it's very funny that under genres, it's listed as an adventure, comedy, sci-fi, thriller. What? Oh, that last I'm trying, one. I'm trying to understand who, who what, what intern at box office mojo decided that somehow thriller label applied to this film because i don't know if are there moments of tension that that really yes maybe, yes okay you say? well i would say it's a horror movie before it's a thriller because it scares the pants off me <laughs> like that future is not one that i want i was gonna say the thriller part is the the final sort of the climax oh, of yeah. the film climax yeah, the climactic moment of the film. There's some tension about survival, potentially. In the arena that, with Beef scene. Supreme? Yes, yeah, I mean, the, in the arena with Beef Supreme. Which we will get to. Yeah, we will. Okay, but I do... Okay, so I want to talk about this opening scene, which I, to me just kind of brought me in. I thought, okay, this is a very funny movie. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection... The process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. It's essentially a comparison of two 
um, not couples per se, but kind of, yeah, yeah essentially comparison of two couples. Two families. And, yeah, two families. That's a better way to put it, Andrew. Good point. Um, and just the decision making and having a kid and this sort of very, not highbrow, but very sort of considering somewhat intellectual couple in the decision they're trying to make to have children or not have it's children. A wasp, it's a wasp couple. Absolutely. A wasp Hoity couple. Toity. Continuing to put off having kids because some sort of circumstance, whether it be the market or the, ti- the timing's not right or like, you know, one's not finishing school. But they're, they're, things keep on coming up that are pushing off them having children. Having kids is such an important decision. We're just waiting for the right time. It's not something you want to rush into, obviously. No way. While this other couple, this other family, uh... They're not even thinking. Oh, shit, I'm pregnant again! Shit! I got too many damn kids! Thought you was on the pill or some shit! Hell no! Must have been thinking of Brittany. Brittany? No, you can't. They're not even thinking about having kids, you know? So it's like they, they have them regularly, and then the you know guy cheats and has a, a kid with another woman, and they're living next to each other. And then you, you guys are skating his, his... around it here. The, they're, they're a bunch of it's rednecks a... and hillbillies. <laughs> it's a bunch of... <laughs> yes. This is true. Okay. You're put, hitting on the nose there, Andrew. Yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to preserve that demographic as a possible audience for this show. <laughs> I Nothing want everyone to listen it. to this show. Nothing yeah, we want everyone it, at anyone. Of, course. of all yeah. political, but, psychological, emotional, cultural but leanings. It's a, a, a redneck a family... Yes, yeah. cliche Family? example of oh, that. I thought you said Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bobby Boucher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe oh, Dirt. Man. I think it's two families who have different education and financial means. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it does beg the question, could you have made this movie if you'd had the redneck couple, if you'd had it been an African-American couple, or if you'd had it been some other minority couple? I don't know if you could have like made a culture the movie that like has that. more kids. Yeah, because yes. like, uh, like, there's there's definitely that sort of, um, you know, uh, there are cultures that just have more kids, like obviously agrarian cultures, but even people like in the United States, and that's just the thing. Like I know that I think the average amount of kids a family has in the U.S. is like two point five, I think. Maybe it's a less than like two point three. Yeah, it's also like a religious background, right? Religion has a big impact. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I just we it know, begs you, the question: right, Could you make this movie? With a different, are you are you allowed to make fun of rednecks procreating more than some wasp couple versus any other type of couple? I think for a com- the the comedy of it is better yeah, though I, too. Especially if we're comparing like, I, I think they wanted the wasps because they're so funny, and they had to compare it to the same race, but like in a different like financial background. Sure. It, yeah, had, it could be possible. apples and oranges. And it's definitely sure. a caricature. Like, hands oh, down, yeah. this whole movie is oh, caricatures. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, God. that's the whole point. It's, yeah. yeah. That's why you can get away so with some silly. stuff because it's, it's caricature. So yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's not meant to be, you know, a, a reflection of, you know, 100% reality, clearly. Um, if you were to not play on this movie and then be like, okay, I'm kind of really learn something today <laughs> that's, that's not uh that's not what's gonna happen here that's probably not the way to look at it that's for sure um no. and so you sort of see this family tree and eventually the husband dies of the wasp couple uh essentially dies he has a heart attack while masturbating for in vitro fertilization 
He was baiting. <laughs> he was baiting. Sorry. Yes, he was baiting. Um, and, and she just, there's this scene where she talks about, well, I still have some eggs that are frozen. Maybe some guy will come along. <laughs> like, oh it's, it's so ridiculous. And that's sort of a reflection, essentially, of... Uh, and by then, like, the other family's, like, oldest son is, like, already has, like, eight different possible, like, baby mamas. <laughs> Like that family tree is already like grown yeah, exponentially. That family has no idea what a condom is. Not like no clue. I like and have little something interest. worth doing if if you have time is seeing that family tree and looking like zooming in at like the different parts <laughs> of the family tree. Like you can see like I think uh, I think George W. Bush is somewhere in there for whatever reason. <laughs> really. Oh no! <laughs> My judge would do that, I guess. Um, yeah. And then after that scene, which I, I, I just thought was hilarious. I, I found that scene just very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, we are introduced to Corporal Joe Bowers. <laughs> you sound very United confident States Army. That. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, United States Army librarian, which I, I suppose there have to be some Army librarians. That makes sense. But he doesn't do a whole lot. He's just watching TV all day. <laughs> yeah, and that's, he likes it that way. Perfect. It's the exact job he wants. Doesn't have to do anything. You know, hey, Chris, would this be, if you were to think about the military and, you know, the jobs, that, would you say most potentially people try and find a job with the least amount of resistance? Uh, ooh. Um, loaded question. I know. That sounds like a, like a super loaded question. Um, well, I, I don't know. Insulting, as a, which is bad. As a, as Give a us former, some secrets. As a former Navy man myself, I my 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 incredulousness to this is that uh, people in the Army know how to read. Oh, oh. No, don't say that. My That's younger so... brother's in the Army. We <laughs> love but, uh, our Army. We do. I, honestly, I've I've not heard of military librarians, um, mm-hmm. but the the idea that uh, they would make a point of sitting around watching television as much as possible that does strike me as accurate. That tracks. Wow, we're yeah, just hitting everybody. We're hitting hillbillies. <laughs> we're hitting the military. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be left with Andrew, nobody listening. Andrew, I'm allowed to. That's as true. As a veteran, That's I'm true. allowed to. That's You're not allowed I've to. Heard, I've heard my brother like, downplay the Navy. I feel like it's it's a rule in the military that you just like hate on all the other branches. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, not, it's the chair force, you know. They don't really have to work at all. The Coast Guard, they don't even count. <laughs> There you go, the, the the ribbing of the different military. Yeah, I feel like if you're, you can only do that kind of ribbing if you're within the military. It's kind of like the your everybody else, your younger brother. You're the only one who's allowed to make fun of them. Yeah, it's within that community you're allowed to. It's there all good go. fun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Andrew, do you want to tell us about Corporal Bowers and why he was chosen for this experiment to be to be frozen in time? Uh, yes. So he, uh, so Corporal Bowers, played by Luke Wilson, um, he is just incredibly average. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, um, he also has like no family at all. So he's like completely alone, super average, just watches TV all day. So it's, you know, now the Nobody would miss him if something goes wrong. Yeah, no, no one miss him. Exactly. So he is chosen for this experiment. A uh, quick little uh, thing that I want to shout out is um, 
I, I don't know any of the names of these characters, but uh, uh, Luke Wilson's character is introduced basically through via slideshow that this guy is giving to a bunch of other corporals, or I'm probably saying this all wrong, Chris. <laughs> Perhaps generals, probably. Generals? Yeah, <laughs> certainly not corporals. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, generals. And... Um, and he's essentially explaining like why he's picking these candidates. Gentlemen, meet Joe Bowers, our first subject for the human hibernation experiment. Now, as you know, throughout the years, many of our best pilots, soldiers, and military leaders often go their entire careers without ever seeing battle. With the Human Hibernation Project, we will be able to save our best men, frozen in their prime, for use when they are needed most. Joe here is not one of our best men. Mr. Bowers was chosen primarily for how remarkably average he is. Uh, extremely average in every category. R remarkable, truly. Uh, the most average person in our entire armed forces. Additionally, he has no family, is unmarried, is an only child, and both parents are deceased, making him an ideal candidate with no one to ask any nosy questions should something go wrong with the experiment. And this also introduces Maya Rudolph's character, uh, who plays a prostitute. Um, and I just want to shout out that scene because it's so fun. I, I thought it was fucking hilarious that this guy <laughs> is not only introducing, you know, the experiment and the people that are involved with it, but meanwhile, during this scene, he's trying to show off his uh, pimp game that he's since learned <laughs> through his research and finding Maya Rudolph's character. This is Rita. Like Joe, she has no immediate family. Rita agreed to participate in this experiment in exchange for dropping of certain criminal charges and a small fee. We did, however, have to come to an arrangement with her pimp, a gentleman who goes by the name Upgrade, which he spells thusly, with two Ds, as he says, for a double dose of this pimping. Upgrade agreed to loan us Rita for exactly one year and keep quiet on the matter in exchange for certain leeways with the local authorities in running his pimp game. First, however, there was the difficult challenge of gaining his trust. Collins, can we skip to the technicals, please? Sure. Let me just finish here. You see, a pimp's love is very different from that of a square. Collins! Fine. We'll move on. It is a fascinating world, though. And it's so funny because the generals were like, all right, move on, please. And then he's just like... He's like, okay, and he clicks like two slides, but it keeps going. <laughs> anyway, it's a very 2005 comedy joke that I very much appreciated. And uh, anyway, yeah. but then that for leads those to... For those who haven't seen it, it's just like a bunch of slides of him learning how to become a pin. Yep, wearing some yes. fur coats, uh, hanging out All in the these... club with, with Upgrade, who is Maya Rudolph's pimp. Upgrade. Upgrade, yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very funny moment. It wasn't until Very I watched silly. the trailer that I realized why they named Luke Wilson's character Joe. He's supposed to be very average, so he's the average the Joe. The average Joe. The average yeah. Joe, exactly. I thought it was good. Um, it's a good yeah. And then they're put into the machines. Am I missing anything in between that that's significant? I don't think so, yeah. Let's see, like, my the and Luke Wilson, yeah. that they meet each other. Yeah. Uh, she tells him that she is a painter. And yes, yeah, he doesn't right. know she's a, she's a prostitute. That's important to know. Yeah, no, to be to be thing. fair, she doesn't tell him she's a she's a painter. He asks her if she's a painter, and she says, and she, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm an artist. Yes, that's right. She and says she's an artist. Ab 
average Joe believes it. Um, but then they're put into these, I don't know, freezers, time capsule, I don't know pods. what you want to call them, yeah. pods. Um, and the idea is that they're going to be frozen for a year. Um, but instead of it being that year, apparently shortly after this experiment even started, the um, the building was then scrapped and actually uh, torn down. Yeah, demolished. <laughs> leaving, demolished, leaving these two characters to be frozen until the year... That I remember off the top of my 2505. head. Twenty five oh five. Exactly. <laughs> Testing. And the only reason, the only reason why they end up waking up is because there's what's called the, uh, I don't know, they call it the, it's a garbage oh. landslide. The images of the world in twenty five oh five are not particularly pleasant. Imagine like Wally, but like not as organized. <laughs> it's just like mm. just garbage dumped everywhere, and there's a huge landslide. Uh, of garbage after a garbage truck drops like a little tiny bit of you know a, a garbage uh, like a beer can yeah beer can essentially causes this giant garbage landslide and uh, Luke Wilson's pod just sort of flies into the back of this guy's window into his home. Where's Officer Collins? Shut up! <laughs> are we on base? I'll base your ass on my fist. Face, ass, shut up. I'm sorry, it's just, where am I? Shut up! I told you already! And initiates and wakes up uh, to, is it Dak Shepard, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dak. Frito Pendejo. Frito. Fellow, Pe- fellow podcaster. <laughs> he is, he has a very good podcast. You know, if you ever want us on your podcast, Dax, you know, just... Reach yeah, out to the Instagram. Just DM us, Instagram. right? <laughs> We're already Slide plugging our into podcast. our DMs, buddy. Armchair expert. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. One of the funny things I thought about the fact that it, there, he, Luke Wilson basically gets woken up because of the, you know, off chance of that the, the landslide begins, right? And I, when that, when I watched that, I thought about that scene in Avengers Endgame when the rat presses the button inside Ant-Man's van. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the only reason they were able to save the, war, the the galaxy was because a rat just happened to walk across a little button in the van. Just goes to show, you know, small things can have big consequences. Fate. Eight. Anyway. Plot. <laughs> so essentially, he slowly starts like exploring the future, but he thinks he's hallucinating. He yeah. he thinks it's like the like the effects of having been frozen, and he doesn't realize he's in the future. He's just like walking around. He's like, this cannot be a reality because like everybody's speaking very simplified, like mash of like Valley Girl, like two thousand five, like slurs and just just really basic english is just awful and there's like yeah again garbage everywhere just branding at like a, and like cheap polyester clothing everywhere and he's like he's a, he's freaking people out because he's speaking in like a normal like i wouldn't even call it an eloquent Cadence. way he's just he's full speaking sentences normally. yeah he has grammar and, you know, using full sentences, and it's it's making people uncomfortable. Yeah, it, they're making fun of him because he sounds, according to them, like, effeminate. Yeah. 
so it kind of freaks them out, and they, he's they like, use I, a, "They use a mean word too." They do. They use some it's pretty mean language, now. homophobic language <laughs> yeah. to describe how he's speaking, and it's used throughout the film. There, the the population in this year is uh, is <laughs> not very nice, and they're using language that's <laughs> vocabulary is not very evolved. No, not very evolved in the slightest. Um, Which so would make sense. That, yeah, it does because make perfect sense. over time, they've gotten really dumb. And as a general rule, dumb people use hurtful language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I agree with that. Yeah. And then he finds his way into a hospital. Um, and this scene is, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we discover a few different things in this scene. Um, but, so he, he, he goes to the receptionist um, and... She has a giant panel in front of her with just images for like whatever ailments are. So it's also a really wonderful thing to pause and look at because like there's just the ridiculous images for the different ailments that people can have in the hospital. And he's trying to describe to her and she's literally not saying anything. Um, and finally, I believe the one she picks on is like the brain is broken. And it's got a bunch of question marks <laughs> coming out of like a man's head. There it is. Yeah, the question marks in <laughs> the man's head. Um, which honestly would be the bun I would choose of all the buns. I mean, actually, it makes sense. Like, I think it actually described I mean, exactly what he was having. Like, he has lots kinda, of questions in his head. It's, it's similar to how I use WebMD, so they're on to something. <laughs> uh, clearly, it survives, uh, you know, half a millennia into the future. Reverse <laughs> yeah. image search it. Exactly. <laughs> well, it it um, seems like it, a lot of question marks around a head is a good catch-all for a whole lot of different potential conditions so sure, she yeah. probably wasn't off by picking that one that might have been the best choice yeah <laughs> and, and then they use a diagnostic tool with a bunch of uh um prods and and essentially you're supposed to stick one in your mouth uh one in your what's the, the what's the oh, not your, your butt one <laughs> the oh, ear. ear mouth <laughs> ear butt oh is someone not feeling well your illness is very important to us. Next. Welcome to the Helpmaster Inferno. Powered uh, by Technology. This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your ear. And this one goes in your butt. Shit, hang on a second. This one. Hurry oh. up! Uh, this one. This one goes in your mouth. So they, yeah. you're supposed to put these in your mouth, ear, and butt. But the gentleman who gives them to him realizes, oh, he had him put the wrong ones in the wrong places <laughs> and had to give them back to him and so he could replace them to the right places. But like the, fun, the, the payoff in this joke is, is what's great is that before he, he goes in, he, he wants to drink some water in the water fountain that he discovers that the water fountains are don't Savvy. have water. They have... Um, Brondo, which is like a Gatorade type drink. Yeah. And so yep. he washes himself, his nap out with Gatorade. With electrolytes. Because yeah. it's got electrolytes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's where we discover or we learn about Brondo, which yeah. um, plays a role later on in the film. Um, yeah, so and then all of a sudden, uh, Justin Long plays a doctor who uh, Luke Wilson sees now. <laughs> He's like actively smoking a joint what, in the middle what of you, the What are you guys' thoughts on Justin Long, first off? I think we need to ex- explain ourselves here. <laughs> I, I like Justin Long. I do too. I feel like he gets a bad rep. What? I, think he, I, I feel like 
I didn't see him after the year, I want to say 2007, 2008 on, in any movie. Uh-huh. Well, actually, he did Tusk after that, right? Tusk, yeah. I would say wonderful performance as the walrus in Tusk. What's the one where he makes the fake college? I like that movie. Oh, mm-hmm. accepted. Undeclared? Oh, accepted. Ex- accepted. I, I like or that undeclared. movie. I thought it was funny. One of those. No, undeclared is a yeah. TV show. Um, okay. Whatever, whatever. Oh, Judd Apatow's yeah. crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got no problem with Justin Lyle. I like, I like right, his cool. diagnosis That's here where good. he says... I, I just wanted to understand the playing field here. You know, I, there's some Justin Long haters out there, and, and I'm personally oh. into them. Honestly, I, I get it because uh, he uh, he was Alvin and Alvin and the Chipmunks, the road chip. So oh, um, canceled. I didn't know. He's this. canceled. Just canceled. Like, I don't make the rules, guys. <laughs> he was a really weird character in uh, He's Not That Into You. Not a great oh, movie. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Such a weird... Okay. Cast, We're going to have to have words about this. Well, sorry, not to go too deep into this, but the cast is so good that I was it's like, a great oh, this is cast. phenomenal. And then I was like, what is happening? Well, all right. it's Maybe it's a guilty pleasure, but I, I agree with you that the cast is fantastic. You've got also like boyish young Bradley Cooper in one of his earlier famous roles, non-hangover roles. But okay, Guys, agree to should, disagree. We should have a Justin Long marathon together. <laughs> I don't think so. Next podcast. Is he, is he That'll be the way, other podcast. Is the Justin Tusk Long podcast. Apocalyptic? Po- sorry. I don't know. Tusk, I don't think, is an apocalyptic movie. I have never watched it. No, no, no. It kind of we're going to make a Justin Long podcast. It's a, okay, that'll be our next one. Okay. That'll be our spinoff. We'll have one season. We can do a season with each actor we want to do, but that's a whole other conversation, yeah. I guess. Um, so the diagnosis that Luke Wilson gets is uh, he's all fucked up. <laughs> his, shit's, his shit's all fucked up. That's the the doctor essentially gives that diagnosis. Hey, Azang, essay. Yeah, right. Uh, well, not so good. You know, I, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm seeing things. I think it might be because of these drugs the army put me on. But if you could uh, just get me well enough to get back to base, right? <laughs> Kick ass. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. That might be a refreshing change of pace for people to hear because a lot of times it's, well, your results are inconclusive and further tests are required <laughs> when it might be better to just say what you said. Your shit's all <laughs> fucked up. So fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I have to do that again. And he goes to charge him for the doctor's visit with a scanner. And he's like, where's your tattoo? And, of course, um, Joe is not uh, at this time, so he does not have one. He is unscannable. Oh, sorry, unreadable. I thought it was unscannable. (laughs) Unreadable? So this is a big problem, because in this world, you have to be readable, scannable. You have to have your ID tattooed on your arm. Otherwise... uh, you Pretty go to jail. sick tattoo, though, I should say. <laughs> Won't you show us your scan, Andrew? It's actually a surprisingly common tattoo. I was reading like an article about like like tattoos that ta- tattoo artists are like sick of doing, and that's one of them. And like a tattoo oh, artist actually said that like some, whenever he gets that request for like a scannable UPC, he chooses like the most like inane 
object, like a, like a bag of bread or something. Hmm. That's actually I great. Bread. I would I would be down with something that you scan. It's like, oh, a loaf of bread. That's common. actually no, that sucks. Have <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> you thought about it a little bit more? And you're like, no, no. I, I yeah, don't it's so. a terrible idea. Actually, is that kind of like is that like when someone gets a a, a tattoo of a, uh, a Chinese symbol that they think means mm-hmm. like heavenly love water flow and it actually means like porcupine <laughs> porcupine's awesome i'm thinking more like you know like metal walk or something yeah. I don't know. yeah what does your tattoo mean heavenly water flow <laughs> <laughs> Wait, excuse me <laughs> so deep so deep yeah that's funny oh uh, where are we in the synopsis? <laughs> uh, he goes to jail. Uh, okay. The cops show up. Goes this to is jail. Oh yeah, it's no illegal scanning. to be unscannable. Yeah, he's unscannable. So, but this is this is one of those scenes that I just thought was kind of weird. Like the there's, he walks into jail. He's going in, um, and there's like he sees the yard, essentially of the jail, and there's like just a big dude sitting on another guy. Fat guy sitting on people. Yeah. Yeah, and he, you know it's the like, fat guy points at Luke, and then points at the guy who's who's well, underneath, uh, like, him. underneath him, like You're this next, is this is going to be you. Um, yeah. I just thought this was weird, and so Luke, being the you know brilliant person Industrious. that he is, yeah, essentially walks up to a guard and was like, "Hey, I'm actually supposed to be getting out of prison today." You, actually, everyone heard this in the trailer, um, <laughs> and I mean, a pretty great plan, frankly. Uh, I have to yeah. say. I don't know if I would have come up with the same thing had I been in the same situation. So hats off to. It, it kind of makes you think, like in, in so many situations, if you could just be like, "I'm actually supposed to be at the end of the line here." Like you know, <laughs> once theme parks open, you could just be like, "Listen, man." Anyway, I'm supposed I'm to be at the front. Out. I'm supposed like to be at the front. Yeah. Good luck, Andrew. Let us know how that how that goes. How that pans out. I gotta wait for a line over. to form again, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not sure when I'll be in a line again. Groceries. Right. Yeah, and essentially, so <laughs> at this point, uh, average Joe. I keep on switching back from Luke Wilson to average Joe. Um, finds Frito, the the gentleman who was in the. You know what? I missed the whole scene though. Yeah, I did. We didn't talk about the the courtroom. Oh. <laughs> oh, Frito is his lawyer. Because <laughs> Frito is his lawyer. I'm fixing to commensurate this trial here. We gonna see if we can't come up with a verdict up in here. Now, since y'all say you ain't got no money, we have proprietarily obtained for you one of them. Court appointed lawyers, so put your hands together and give it up for Rico Pendejo. You're my lawyer? Says here you uh, robbed a hospital. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I'm not guilty. That's not what the other lawyer said. I mean, what the, listen, you gotta get me on the stand, okay? I can explain everything. We can take him to your house. We'll show him the pride that I came here. Get up! Get up! Nah. Prosecutor, why you think you done it? Just look at him. <laughs> Check this out, man. Judge should be like, guilty. Peace. Jackson! What are you objectifying on? Come on, just get me on the stand. Now. Okay. Um, Your Honor, mm. 
I object that this guy also broke my apartment to shit. Yeah. What? And you know what else? I object that he's not going to have any money to pay me after he pays back all the money he stole from the hospital. Don't say I stole. You're my lawyer. And I object. I object that he interrupted me while I was watching Oh My Balls. That is not okay. Direct my case. Runner, I'm pretty sure we have a mistrial here, sir. I'm going to mistrial my foot up your ass. You don't shut up. No, please listen. Please listen. <laughs> I didn't steal anything. I was part of an army experiment. Joe stated his case logically and passionately, but his perceived effeminate voice only drew big gales of stupid laughter. Just for the audience's sake, the judge is played by actor Stephen Root in op- from Office Space, as well as he's also in No Country for Old Men, which is a and he's very also tiny in role Get Out. that's great. He's in Get Out, yep. Mm-hmm. He's a blind guy. God, he's yeah. in so many movies. He's in all kinds. He's of a very good, really good, really yeah. good character actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what's his name? Um, Frito does not do a good job defending Joe. Uh, essentially, he helps convict. <laughs> he starts him, going against him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because when um, Joe crashed into his apartment, he interrupted him while he's watching TV. It's not that he like crashed into oh his apartment God. that he's upset about. Wait. He's upset because he got interrupted while watching TV. Yeah, real quick waiting. about what he was watching on TV, because this keeps coming up through the movie. It's literally a TV show, and this guy who stars in this TV show is apparently famous in this universe. It's just him repeatedly just getting kicked in the nuts, just mm. over and over again in more creative ways. Um, and that's that's what people watch. Uh, also, they watch movies where it's just a bare ass, and it, Parts every once in a There's while. no That's, story. No, no you don't story. know whose butt it is. They got is. rid of the story. Okay, so yeah. question, Andrew. Yes. So, what other show do you think has a lot of uh, moments where people are getting hit in the nuts? I knew. That's I currently knew. still kind of popular. It's still kind of popular. <laughs> yeah. I I can't even fathom what show you might be referring to. No, Gosh, it's just I like a very like distilled such... version of. That show. It's a very specific what? show, yeah. Damn it, man. I feel like a total jackass for not remembering this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, right. I'll be honest. It's that a really way is, shittier like, I think a fair comparison. <laughs> no, no that's, that's very fair. No, it's 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 a worse version. I'm a big fan of Jackass for all those people uh, <laughs> listening. Um, it's a shittier version of Jackass. They got nothing on Jackass. <laughs> You're I mean, not only honestly, a fan, Andrew. You had your own version when you were younger. I did. I did. Now we're going way back. But I did have my own version of Jackass that uh, actually uh, Jeffrey here partook. I don't think you did, Chris. No, I was too smart. <laughs> I had so much fun doing Jackass. Jackass yeah. Melody. It was super fun. That was great. Yeah, Jeff kicked you off a ladder. Yeah. yeah. Guys, how did you not yeah. die? Good question. Actually, the best one was Andrew getting uh, pepper spray in his face. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, wasn't there for that some one. Crazy, crazy antics. So with that said, I uh, <laughs> was offended by how uh, immature this show was as someone who has partaken in... The highbrow version. <laughs> idiocracy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, the looking version. in a mirror, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is just... I do not like taste. this picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> <On tag. laughs> 
Although I look more like the person that was doing those movies back in the day. <laughs> True, I guess. Because you're Plus polyester. Oh, because you shaved. Okay. Because so, I shaved. I'm, tra- I'm tracking. I'm tracking. <laughs> yeah. Bring Pride all back full circle. All right. So let's let's, let's, let's get back circle. to it though. That was a nice that was a nice little trip down memory lane though. Um, <laughs> and before he actually goes even into jail, he does an IQ test. They have him do a test to see. I guess everyone who goes into jail has to do this test. There's a couple examples of the questions. They're fairly easy. If you have one bucket that holds two gallons and another bucket that holds five gallons, how many buckets do you have? Two? Thank you. One of them is featured in the trailer, but the other portion of it is one of those like um, kindergarten or like toddler style toys where you have to put the pegs in the same peg shaped holes. So like triangle, square, star. Mm-hmm. And nobody's quite getting it. The guy even blocks his, he's, you know, doesn't want Joe to cheat, <laughs> to cheat. on his because he doesn't get it in. Um, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So What's funny. funny about the, the question they ask, I feel like, okay, so the, it's in the trailer again. If you have a two-gallon two bucket of water and a five-gallon bucket of water, how many buckets of water do you have? I feel like there's still people who would be like seven. Yeah, like, don't lie, Jeff. You thought seven. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I do not think that it's a far-fetched thing. I, I feel like I'd be pretty smart enough to know that the answer was two. But because you're associating the numbers with what the answer is going to be, people are just going to do the math automatically if they're not thinking about it. So it's good that he was, you know, thought about it and knew the answer. I think I would know it the kinda, answer. It kind of reminded me of the citizenship test that we all took. Oh. <laughs> Wait, but the answer is no buckets because... Two buckets. It was two. It two was buckets, two, buckets. two buckets. See, it's a tough question. <laughs> I think you just proved you just proved his point, Cammy. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to remember what he said in the trailer. Is it if there's a two gallon two gallon bucket and a five gallon? Okay, bucket, then it's two buckets. How many buckets? Yeah. Um, I never t- I never took the citizenship test, Andrew. So I don't know. Oh, I did. Really? It was hard. Oh. Can hey, you name the thirteen hard? colonies? Yours wasn't hard, was it? Yes, it was. Well, if I hadn't known what the 13 colonies were, most people don't. You listed you all the to... 13 colonies? I was not asked that. One of, my, yes. one of my questions was like, what ocean is on the West Coast? And <laughs> who is the current president? And it, I was like, I was like, I studied this much for these fucking questions. <laughs> well, yours was simpler. Mine was... Mine mine was, was I old. think the guy looked at me and was just like... Let's just fucking get this over yeah. with. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Let him in. Yeah, I Let him in. I think if you you don't have He's to take it Canadian. if you're a certain age. Yeah, if you're coming in under, I came in under under my parents. No, no, no. But like, how old you are? Yeah, I was sixteen. I was under eighteen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You all baby. of us, all all us foreigners on this part on this podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's Swedish terrible. now. Yeah. <laughs> a borg, a borg. Sorry, is that like insensitive? For the Swedes? Yeah, I'm sorry, Swede listeners. We're just like, no, Swedes are doing off. fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hillbillies, military, Swedes. The Swedes. Trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take everyone fucking down. <laughs> by the is nobody the safe? Is nobody safe? No. Nobody's nobody. safe. Oh Watch goodness. out, Swedes. 
Okay, so Joe is trying... He asks... He asks Frito if in this future there's a, there's a time machine. He assumes that it's been, you know, 500 years. There's got to be someone who's invented a time machine. Clearly not recognizing the fact that with this caliber of people around him, what does he think the chances are that there's actually going to be a time machine that exists? Um, but Frito says, yes, there is a time machine. It's at Costco. So we have to go to Costco. What's <laughs> near Costco? <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. He tries to give him directions. Uh, and he's like, yeah, like if, if Costco's here, then... It's, but where do you know where the, the time machine, machine is? is? It's really it's <laughs> close to the time machine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jesus. Oh, my God, this movie. So then we, we head to Costco. And now... Uh, when when does Maya uh, Rudolph's character link up with them again? Because she's just it's wandering. They're, they're on their the way to Costco, point. and I think they see her. We haven't talked about her at all. Like she, she it her does show her kind of like walking around. Yeah, she's, she's literally working. Just, she's back to her regular trade. Yeah. Well, she's like working, but not really working. There's one guy <laughs> that just has all this money that's just like, hey, baby, why didn't And then he's just constantly <laughs> handing her money. <laughs> And Maya Rudolph is just like, yeah, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll link up, but da da da, and then da 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 da. Anyway, a lot of da da da's, and then money's given, and she's good. Hey, look, look, can you just, can you wait a second, please? Yeah, baby, I can wait so good. Really? Think, I uh, think maybe you could wait a day. Maybe I can wait two days. <laughs> That's good. Cause I charge by the hour. Oh yeah. Well, you gonna be glad you waited, baby. Thank you very much, young man. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. You're <laughs> dying over the best part. So oh, she keeps on bad. like putting off when she's actually going to uh, render services. I, I guess. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. And and so he, she's like, "How long can you wait?" And he's like, "I can wait all day." And she's like, "Okay, we'll see you tomorrow." So he keeps on paying for because she's charging by the hour. Yeah. By the hour, all the yeah. hours, including <laughs> <laughs> oh, the hours she has to bank. wait. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. She's really so good stay. at her job. Or about, or for not doing her job. Really good at avoiding, yeah, but still yeah. receiving <laughs> hey, revenue from money. her job. Yeah, making the paper. Um, they essentially find her and take her to Costco with them so they can go in this time machine back to 2005, I guess. Um, and... Because she doesn't even, like, understand what's going on either, and he explains, to, yeah, explains it all to her. Yeah. And she, and she still thinks Upgrade, her pimp, is going to be really angry with her. And she's still freaked out about... There's definitely She thinks some, he's going to find her. There's definitely some troubled uh history in their past yeah and, and joe says that you know uh well joe thinks upgrade is her boyfriend not her and her, her boyfriend and her art dealer <laughs> manager who sells her art <laughs> and he suggests that uh well, he's he a little unfair to her well he, also, he says like first of all like upgrade is there's no way he can be here and second like when we do get back you guys gotta patch things up and get some therapy <laughs> you need to work on this relationship a little bit <laughs> Which I think is probably true, but a relationship between a pimp and his hose is a complicated relationship, according to the military guy at the beginning of this movie. 
Word. A pimp's oh, love God. is a unique love. <laughs> Different than a square's love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, you'll know what I'm saying, or understand what I'm saying if you watch this movie. Um, so they find Costco, and it's giant. And as someone who's been to Costco multiple times in the last few weeks, I find myself relying on Costco more and more. And I'm clearly getting a look into the future um, of what Costco is going to become, which is a store so large, I think it probably had different time zones or climates. <laughs> it's pretty like much goes on forever. Each section is about the size of like three regular Costcos. It's miles. There's like a section of just red couches that, not exaggerating, the size of a Costco. Yeah. Um, so I think it predicted the future to some degree on the prevalence of Costco. And I think they're probably just going to get bigger and bigger. Um, Do they yeah. still sell the meatballs, though? That's Ikea. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> if you said hot dogs, I'd have let it slide. Obviously, to be frequent Ikea or Costco. To be fair, they make... No, Costco sells teriyaki pineapple meatballs that are... Oh, shit. Frozen ones that you take home. Boom, Ikea. We're after you, too. (laughs) Fuck you, Ikea. Isn't Ikea sweet? (laughs) Those sweets can't catch a break. Those sweets can't catch a break. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Andrew's got some targets. (laughs) Yeah. I'm fine. I know that we have downloads from Germany, and I'm not sure we may lose the Swedes on this one. Maybe. It's very true. All right, so the cops show up. They grab Joe, and essentially he has been brought to the White House because his IQ test came back, and he's the smartest person in the world. So, In the future. Yes. And they want to use his brains to try and fix the problem, which is that food... No, they want him to fix all the problems, amongst them being... He alone can fix it. In one essentially. week. In a week. And I just gotta say... Sorry, one of the, the, the main problem being that, that no crops are growing. Yeah, the food shortages are a big problem. The president is played by Terry Crews, who <laughs> I absolutely adore. Like, I'm a big fan He's of great. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cammie and I both are. Um, I think he is a treasure. And I also love the fact that he builds PCs, but that's a whole different conversation, which, yeah. Um, that's for the here he plays podcast. President Camacho. President Camacho. Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Thank you, Chris. I think he would want that. He would desire the full name be stated. Um, But he walks into the House of Representatives, or maybe it was the Senate, with literally a machine gun. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of America! President Camacho! Chill out. I know she's bad right now with all that starving bullshit and the dust storms and we running out of french fries and burrito coverings. Yeah. But I got a solution. That's what you said last time, dipshit. I got a solution. You're a dick. South Carolina, what's up? (laughs) That's what I thought. 
Now, I understand everyone shit's emotional right now, but listen up. I got a three-point plan to fix everything. Break it down, Number one, we got this guy not sure. Number two, he's got a higher IQ than any man alive. And number three, he's gonna fix everything. I give you my word as president. He'll fix the problems with all the dead crops. He's gonna make them grow again. And that ain't all. I give you my word. He's gonna fix the dust on the street. And I give you my word. He's gonna no, it's the House of Representant. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the House of Representant. With a with a with a freaking jumbotron in the center of it. Um, God. I I absolutely think Terry Crews just kills it in this movie. I know I'm jumping I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but there's a moment when they're going down like Washington Boulevard or some sort of street in Washington, and he's he's on a giant motorcycle and he stands up and like flips off everybody like he's on the side of the streets and it's one of this like it's to me it's the enduring image of this movie to some degree is Terry Crews just he's wearing like an Ameri- like you know like a, a leather jacket or something with like no know, sleeves frills, no sleeves no sleeves oh man it's just see this wonderful. this president actually does say fuck you rather than just Implied. doing it without actually saying it <laughs> <laughs> There's something like kind of nice about the. Uh, it's refreshing. It's yeah. refreshing. Oh god, yeah. so good in this movie. Um, Not so, a good president, but, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, still no. So President Camacho, yeah, makes all these promises and then tells uh, Joe that like if he doesn't deliver, he's going back to jail. And that's the last thing that Joe wants. Yeah. Yeah. So, should we talk a little bit about the water and the reason why yeah. everything's dying? Um, yeah. So so, now that Luke Wilson or Average Joe or Joe, however however we want to call him, <laughs> um, he through his research ultimately discovers that there's a, a company. What's the company called? Brondo. 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 And so they are the ones um, that create this energy drink that uh, it's got electrolytes. Example, Joe, it's got lots of electrolytes. Don't forget. It's that. what plants crave. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing. So I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brondo's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make Brondo. Yeah, but why did they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo's got electrolytes. And so big business has taken over literally everything to the point where water is only used for toilets 
while what we would consider using for water is instead replaced with Brondo. So the main thing is that the, because it has electrolytes, that actually essentially destroys the soil. Um, so salt, if salt gets into soil, then things can't grow. So they've been essentially destroying the, the soil for a long time now using Brondo. Yeah, but the main thing is that, like, Thanks, nobody, Brando. like, as he's trying to explain this to people, like, all they can do is parrot this marketing line that it has to work because, it has to work for the plants because it's made with electrolytes. Like, there's no reason why this would fail. It's made with electrolytes. And he's he's just, like, he's killing himself, essentially trying to explain why it, it wouldn't. And think, all they can do is just reply it back to him. I think that is a very good reflection on essentially people not thinking for themselves and essentially sort of um, not taking into account any kind of factual basis for anything. Um, mm. He cannot He cannot explain or people aren't willing to listen to what is fairly explainable and um, because they've sort of been surrounded by people who say the same thing for a pretty consistent amount of time and therefore they just don't know any better. But what's truly terrifying, you might say what gives this movie its thriller <laughs> categorization is that the parent company of Brondo essentially like purchases the FDA, the FCC, and the USDA in order to get everybody to be okay with them making all these claims. Yeah, they've bought the government essentially. Corporations buying the government through lobbying, but even beyond lobbying, just straight up. It's like an extreme version of lobbying. Yeah, for such a dumb movie, there's some smart concepts in there. (laughs) But I I think it is a very, it's overt. Where what we see currently, and again, this is my opinion, but I think it's true. uh, What we see, what is overt in the movie, is something that happens behind closed doors in our time period. Yeah. So, you know, there's a difference there. It's more out in the open. Um, but just no one is willing to take on this giant behemoth because they literally own everything. And most people are employed by this company, Brondo. Um, so it's yeah. it's even to the extent where people wouldn't want to fight against it because it, it funds everything. But they try it anyway, and they're like, okay, let's, like, stop, like, flowing all the water to our toilets and instead <laughs> irrigate our cops with it, and then everybody loses their jobs. Yeah. Because everybody's essentially funded by Brondo. Even enough time, Joe's plan might have worked. But when the Brondo stock suddenly dropped to zero, leaving half the population unemployed, dumb, angry mobs took to the streets, rioting and looting and screaming for Joe's head. An emergency cabinet meeting was called with the CEO of the Brondo Corporation. How come nobody's buying Brondo the thirst mutilator? Ah, shit. Half the country works for Brondo. Not anymore! The stock has dropped to zero, and the computer did that auto layoff thing to everybody. We're all unemployed! I think that makes the economy suck. Why is this happening? I I think it's because we switched to water, but... I mean, this is all your fault? What? Yeah. This is your fault. This shit started happening when we switched to water. And everybody starts rioting. And even the president is upset because it's it's now affecting the... What do they call it? Not the economy, but the... Comedy? Economy? <laughs> yeah, they, they, the they can't say economy. Like, 
Yeah, it's, it's this, the like, economy. As a whole, everybody in this time cannot say economy. Um, it's a hard word to say. It. It's a hard one. Economy. economy. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets sentenced to death in like the most. He gets sentenced to rehabilitation. One day, oh, sorry, one sorry. day of rehabilitation. It's like oh, that doesn't sound too bad, right? <laughs> That's fine. But rehabilitation is essentially a monster truck rally where he gets a really crappy vehicle with a dildo on the hood. Yeah, Why oh dildo? <laughs> the Big di- purple dildo. That yeah. dildo thing, as stupid as that is, was so funny when you see it like. <laughs> When he starts Wagging. to drive and it just kind of like wags <laughs> the windshield. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's pretty childish humor, but I, I admit I laughed. Yeah. 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 Also, you who, see it juxtaposed against the rock hard, gigantic, phallic type drills driven by the other drivers. I think the, oh, the big man. one is the, the ass blaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the sure. classic ass blaster. Who, who who drives the ass blaster, Chris? Beef Supreme. <laughs> who can't enter the arena because his vehicle is too big. She's too girthy. Yeah. The ass blaster, yeah, just doesn't fit. Look, man. If, if I had a dollar... <laughs> Where's his coat? <laughs> Oh man! What's the what's uh, the whole beef thing? What? Why is he named that? Is there any reason for that? I don't then? know why, but he comes out of retirement just to kill Joe. Like yeah. people are very excited. Give Sorry, we have to beef. back the like way up. So I, when he gets arrested in Costco, Rita is in the bathroom, so she misses the whole arrest. <laughs> yes, but then she Go gets arrested. Back. She gets arrested because the guy that she's been leading on for most of the movie finally is just like, what the hell? Like, I still haven't slept with her. And so, like, the police arrest her. Mm-hmm. And so while Joe is trying to, like, convince everybody to water the crops, he, he finally, like, meets up with her again and calls her to, like, help him out. And then, of course, that's when the riots happen. Mm-hmm. So now he's uh, uh, getting rehabilitated and Rita... Um, it's just trying desperately to help him to like, um, and she looks out her window and sees that crops are in fact coming out of the ground that they they want. There's a rose that's growing. Yeah, I think it's a rose. Yeah, which is but there are also like rows of like little seedlings coming well, she, through. She, I think she tries to take the rose to the arena and sees along the drive that all of a sudden like yeah. all the the rows of crops are growing little little green tiny little you know saplings. Um, but nobody believes. Her, yeah. Even though she's got evidence in her hands that plants are growing. Yeah. They still want to see Joe destroyed. Um, then there's that it, whole plot of them stealing like a cameraman and uh, um, Frito. Frito? Frito? Yeah, is Frito. It? It uh, is. Frito's character, and then they drive to the whole uh, arena so then uh, I gotta say. she can display it on the big screen. Yeah. I love the control room for the monster truck area. It's literally just four screens with little numbers underneath each one and then four buttons <laughs> corresponding to each screen. Like, what a wonderfully simple control room to run a television show. It's just literally smack a button for the camera that you want. That now, just made me yeah. smile. Uh, her plan is to have Frito and the cameraman um, capture the plants growing. 
But unfortunately, what she did not count on is that in the future, Starbucks's are actually interchangeable with gentlemen's clubs. And they essentially still sell lattes, but they're not what you think that. they are in the future. Yes, I would say not, not gentlemen's clubs. They are... No. They are... Robin Tugs. Uh, yeah. Massage parlors. Massage parlors where you buy lattes... Or lattes with foam, or lattes <laughs> full with body, some, full body lattes, <laughs> full body lattes. <laughs> what yeah, is a full they, body where latte? They give you a hand job. <laughs> and of course, this is Starbucks. As you know, Starbucks are everywhere. So, as it is in the future, they and are this Starbucks is right next to where the plants are. Ooh, so like the cameraman that. and Frito are getting distracted. While meanwhile, our hero Joe is having to contend with. Um, the Monster Truck Rally and Be Supremes, Supremes happens to like break through mm. in time to start like throwing fire at him as he's getting like he's got like a grenade launcher, yeah. a flamethrower, and like he's working the crab. I think Beef Supreme might be a fairly intelligent character. Like he's he quite the showman, slightly intelligent. <laughs> yeah, based on so. his moves. Uh, the actor that plays Beef Supreme is actually uh, Luke Wilson's brother in real life. Oh, I don't know what else he's done as far as you know other movies and such, but where was Owen? Not available (laughs) for the cinematic treasure. Andrew Wilson. There you go. Yeah, Andy Wilson. That was too funny. I'm not familiar enough with him to call me Andy. Yeah. So after the lattes, (laughs) after the lattes. they uh, was Frito realizes or remembers. No, what they're they get in a there. fight, and the camera happens to fl- to fly into the crops. It was Man, like purposeful. Yeah, and so like he's capturing the plants, and fortunately, then Rita like displays this for everybody to see that like the water actually does help. Yeah, and like Luke Wilson does this whole Joe does this whole like spiel to the crowd, you know, to try and you know convince like all I want to do is help you. And they, they're just not having any of it. Like, it's, it's a really kind of a nice like, scene. Like, he's really endearing and just completely falls flat. And, but that's when we finally get the, uh, the image of the plants on the Jumbotron. And sometimes images speak louder than words. <laughs> Especially in this case. Very much in this case. I think images are pretty much the only thing that this, <laughs> this world understands compared to words. So Camacho gives Joe a full pardon, finally. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And they're in the middle of celebrating, and Joe's just relieved to finally get a chance to go to the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> but before he can, um, President Camacho tells him, like, no, you're pres- you should be president now. Or, like, vice president. He vice president, sorry. President. Vice president now. And, like, um, Rita also doesn't want to go back to the past. And so he decides to stay. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to go check out the time machine anyway with... Um, Frito, and they discover that it's not a time machine at all. It's, it's a, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, it's, a, it's not a time machine. It's just a ride called the time machine. It's a ride, ride called the time machine that shows you historical scenes that are all very inaccurate. <laughs> all of them had dinosaurs. <laughs> it's like a creationist museum, but worse. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the line that was like, for the smartest person in the world, you can be really stupid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, Frito. a Frito to Joe Yeah, Frito to Joe I feel like that's a very good uh, Frito kind of lays it on there It's <clears> great 
Yeah, and meanwhile, now it was that Rita and Joe decide to get together. There's kind of a love story be- between them a little bit throughout There's the movie. Sparks well, flying. he eventually yeah. gets elected president. Today I step into the shoes of a great man. A man by the name of Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Under President Not Sure's leadership, a new era dawned. You know, there was a time in this country when smart people were considered cool. Well, maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon. And there was a time in this country, a long time ago, people wrote books and movies, movies that had stories, so you cared whose ass it was and why it was farting, and I believe that time can come again. There's a great scene at the end, or near the end, where you know he and Rita have uh, a few kids, and Frito has like eight wives and 32 children. And just you know the the pattern continues. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of tough. And there's an after credits scene. Andrews, did you watch it? I didn't realize there was an after credits scene. Oh, game changer! I that. Yeah. You want what to was describe it? what the? So, uh, upgrade has a pot of his own, and he wakes up, and he's <laughs> going to find her, <laughs> going to find Rita. So her fears oh, were so based funny. on reality. Yeah, they were not. Upgrade found his way. She, she, because she kept on saying like he's gonna find a way to get here, and Joe would not show enough. Her. Damn, he did. Oh wow, and we never got that sequel. Shit. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I don't think. Don't I hold think your breath. With your fifty thousand international, <laughs> I don't think this will play well in the China uh, market. Fifty-one thousand. Sorry, sorry. Oh, this actually may gross. play well in the Chinese market. Now that I think about it, they probably would enjoy yeah. watching like Americans be, be dumb. Like Look, I think there's probably be some dumb. entertainment value in there. They just need to make it so that Upgrade's partner in crime is Chinese, and then boom, you film it in China, you're good. Yeah, at least like 10% of the scenes, and yeah. there we go. The market's there. Oh, man. All right, well, hit us um, up, Mike Judge. Yeah, let's see. There we go. We can help you out. Um, Got you. Let's do, uh, let's do our favorite scenes. Uh, I'm curious to know everyone's favorite scenes from this movie. Take a moment if you have to. Chris, do you have something? Well. I don't want to hold us it's, up. It's not so much a, a scene as a theme. Mm, okay. So I don't know if that really counts. Sure. I want to hear it. All right. Fine. Fuck it. Um, I, I think the what's really compelling is uh, is the theme of branding mm-hmm. and how in the future it seems like corporations have really outdone themselves to to essentially control all the branding to the extent that people like like the clothes everyone wears are all branded with things. And you've got obviously screens everywhere where it's you know commercials all the time, and you see some of that now with with athletes where the uniforms you know you might have both the NBA logo and then Nike, but then it might also have something else. And so you've got companies that's like with NASCAR racing where you essentially have all the different cars um, being obviously funded by different corporations, and you just see that slowly permeating everyday life and so it does seem like that's kind of the inevitable next step where 
you have ordinary people also becoming a satellite branding opportunity for big corporations so they can extend their reach even further. And so I thought that was very prescient, even in just the last 15 years. Mm. Yeah, like on a, on a related note, like for me, like the standout was how consistent um, the themes of just like not having organic matter war like like the clothes are made with very like synthetic looking fabrics like they like the food shortages is very like apparent from the get-go like when you first meet Frida Pendejo he's eating like what looks like a vat of margarine just with his hands and um I think it yeah was it um Joe or Rita that sees like a like a young like a single mother trying to buy food from like a Carl's Jr. Um, kiosk but like the kiosk isn't manned by a person but just like a a robot and it it, first of all doesn't give her the fries she orders and then when she tries to get like the food she wants it just like fights with her and 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 she yeah enjoy your extra big ass fries you didn't give me no fries I got an empty box would you like another extra big ass fries I said I didn't get any thank you your account has been charged. Your balance is zero. Please what? come back when you can afford oh, to make no, a purchase. No. I'm sorry you're having come trouble. Come on. I'm My kids are starving. Please come back when you can afford to make a purchase. Your kids are starving. Carl's Jr. believes no child should go hungry. You are an unfit mother. Your children will be placed in the custody of Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Fuck you. I'm eating. Well, it tells her she's a bad parent because she can't provide food for her kids, and now she's going to be arrested from Child Protective Services. So she runs, and the police shows up, and that's how Joe gets arrested. It's this poor woman's just trying to provide for her family, and like, like all the odds are against her, and it's just such a like. It's yeah, it's like one of those things where like that make this movie a thriller. It's just like you don't want the future to look like that. I'm going to say, because it's tough, I, it's hard picking a scene actually, but I'm going to go with the whole hospital scene, you know, from the, the arrival to the diagnosing to the you know, conversation with the doctor. I just thought that was a particularly humorous scene. If I were to choose something else, it would just be anything with Terry Crews, because I think Terry Crews is amazing. So. I love his wig in this too. He's got these like, long flowing locks. Mm. So yeah, Terry Crews and the hospital scene, that's, that's what I'll go with. Um. Yeah, Terry Crews is so good in this movie. Um, I I really like the scene with Justin Long as the doctor. I think that was just so funny when they're both just like ah ah, uh, just screaming. And that it's in the that parts of the trailer too. Um, but it's a very it's a small moment and it kind of goes to um, maybe slightly in reference to what you were saying about branding, uh, Chris. Uh, there's a moment where it shows Fox News. Fox News. He tried taking water from toilets, but it's Secretary not sure who finds himself in the toilet now. And as history pulls down its pants and prepares to lower its, its ass. ass on not sure's head, it will be Daddy Justice who will be crapping on him this time. And I think oh, it's yeah. uh, and, and it's cool because this, it, you know, obviously in this case it's making fun of Fox News, but this was also presented by 20th Century Fox, 
Um, so it's kind of a jab at their own company, but um, it just shows <laughs> Fox News with their logo and just like this big beefy shirtless dude and like a, a woman with uh, large assets and um, just, and I don't know, whatever the news report was there, but it's just like, I don't know, it was just so funny. <laughs> because they if, look like porn uh, stars for they look like, anybody yeah, who hasn't gotten they it. Probably, I was a honestly, WWE actors might even be porn stars i just love the idea of fox news still being around and then this is what it's become (laughs) (laughs) that is funny i like it yeah uh okay it's time for us to do our toilet paper roll um for this movie how many toilet paper rolls would you give this movie i okay so i was thinking about this quite a bit um because I very much enjoy this movie. It had me laughing. It's still, I've seen it a few times, and it, it's, every time it makes me smile. Um, and I actually watched it. We watched it with Chris over Zoom this time, which was kind of an entertaining way to watch it, too. Um, but I think the movie is, it is very childish, and I feel like it, it misses out on some of the opportunities it had, because I think it does, it does make interesting commentary, but... It comes. It sometimes loses its credit, not credibility, but this is tough for me. I'm giving it a six, a six um, toilet paper rolls because I like the movie, but I think it still has flaws. And um, I recommend anyone watch it if you've never seen it before because I think you'll you'll find something to enjoy about it. It might not be everybody's humor, um, but it was a very clever idea, and. It does a good job of taking what may be small now and putting a really big magnifying glass on it to sort of be like, this is what things could potentially become if we don't make some changes. And I think it does a nice job doing that. And we'll get, I think if you watch it critically, it will get you thinking, um, even with all the ridiculous childish humor that takes place. So I'm saying six toilet paper rolls. And I didn't articulate that perfectly well, but I tried. Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, I, 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 now that you've given it six toilet paper rolls, I'm bringing my down a peg to five toilet paper rolls because I feel I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was funny. I, I, to be honest with you, some of the humor just feels so... It, I don't think it really holds up as well. Um, as maybe some other comedies from that time. But uh, with that said, what I do love about the movie is, for as stupid as it is, uh, it is very clever and it has a lot to say. And so I absolutely appreciate it. Um, But with that said, I think it's not really a movie that holds up all that well from a humor standpoint uh, to the point Mm. where there are just some things that are a little kind of offensive now. Um, But... With that said, it's still absolutely worth watching. I think it's very relevant, uh, especially in the time that we're currently in uh, from a political standpoint. Um, And there's a lot that you can unpack from it. Um, Yeah. Five toilet paper rolls. Who's next? (laughs) I'm going to give it a four. Oof. I just, like... I'm usually the one who likes the comedies like consistently, but um, yeah, a lot of the humor just didn't age well. I think I would have rated it higher 
when it got released, but just it, it just didn't age well for me. And I think most of its detriment probably came from lack of support from its production company as well. Um, like I wonder if like it had a better budget or like, what have you, if it could have been a little bit be- like better done. But um, it just, um, yeah, like some of the humor just made me like very uncomfortable. But I like the, the overall themes I still enjoyed. And um, and even though I am only giving it four, I still would recommend watching it just for those themes. Yeah, Chris. Well, I'm I'm with Jeff. I think I I would give it a six, but it's it's a six where I also would encourage people to watch it despite the middling rating, because I think thematically it offers up some good conversation. And because it applies a very, when you delve into kind of the the history of the film and the way that the release happened and how basically Fox just tried to dump it, <clears throat> and part of the reason was because advertisers and and part of the and corporations that were in the movie were so uncomfortable with how they were portrayed. It's really fascinating that they kind of inadvertently play into what the movie is trying to convey with with the advertising and so you it's it's important i think for people to realize um the power of branding and how even in a silly movie like this you can seemingly really hurt the feelings of these big powerful corporations but we should because it's some of the power we have over these corporations is to be willing to make fun of them and not take them too seriously um and I think also just the the theme of um, they call it dysgenics, where it's, it's part of the notion of having people that are not as intelligent being the ones that are reproduced versus the ones that are of higher intelligence reproducing. It it plays into a really fascinating and sometimes um, problematic area of debate in the internet when it comes to people that are reproducing versus people that aren't and having it be basically a cliche cliche redneck is something where I think it's still safe to make that joke. Whereas it may not be as safe to make it with other different cultures, which I think is an interesting conversation. And so again, the movie has terrible effects and very silly (laughs) frat humor. And as a former frat frat boy I, I can feel comfortable saying that and it certainly is is not highbrow by any means but i think it's also still a movie that people should see even if it is still a six well i think it's 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 interesting to me that it was so many middling reviews on our part because um, i i did enjoy this movie so i was kind of fascinated to see everyone's um toilet paper roll count like that that somewhat surprises me like a four is pretty low well, I enjoyed it a lot more the first time I watched it, but um, yeah, I find myself laughing a little bit more and just cringing like a little bit more um, this yeah. time around. Yeah. Maybe just because yeah. there's like bigger issues at hand, but um, mm-hmm. um, it just, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, so but we're also still encouraging people to see it. Yes, that's okay. That's another yeah. thing I want to say is like no one here was like, yeah, don't see this movie. It's it's yeah. completely stupid. We don't it's like, like yeah, still... the movie. It's the reviews are kind of eh, but also you should see this movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is actually just kind of a strange. nice way to review it in some to some degree. It's like yeah, just it's also lowering expectations a little bit, so maybe someone will enjoy it more than they're even expecting to. Sure. Yeah. Don't go into it with high expectations. You know, drink a little, get a little uh, stizzy stoned, and you'll enjoy this film. <laughs> I thought it was like a really interesting role for Maya Rudolph, like because I feel like she like. <laughs> current day she would have played that role very differently i feel like she's so much goofier now but what mm-hmm. but like i think she played this like i think this is the most subdued i've seen maya rudolph ever hmm. <laughs> she was great we didn't talk about her as much as in this podcast we probably should have because she is a really i think she, she has is a very great, funny great role in this movie all right well thank you guys for that andrew what is our charity of the week this week all right yes uh for today's charity i wanted to shout out extra life Basically, this is a charity that uh, unites thousands of gamers around the world to play games in support of their local children's Miracle Network Hospital. Uh, And since its inception in 2008, Extra Life has actually been able to raise over $70 million for sick and injured kids. So um, this is a really wonderful charity where you can sign up uh, and dedicate a a day of playing video games uh, to benefit uh, children uh, in their hospitals. So recently I was able to uh, sign up for one of their events uh, and was able to raise uh, a little over $300 uh, by simply playing Animal Crossing and Resident Evil. Um, so pretty cool. Uh, so I definitely encourage everyone to check out extralife.org to learn more. Oh, very cool, Andrew. Thank you for sharing. That's, that's, I'm going to look into that. So, as, as per usual, thank you, Andrew, though, for doing the editing of the podcast. We really appreciate it, all of us here. And also making the posters. If you're not following us on Instagram, you should do that because the posters are wonderful. At um, Apocaflictic. Thank you, Andrew. And we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. YouTube. YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Please review us. Put, put in a, a review. Type one out. We really appreciate it. We'll shout you out on the next podcast. Um, and do we know, guys, what our next... We're doing 12 Monkeys, right? Yep. 12 Monkeys is going to be our next episode, so look forward to that Stay one. Stay tuned. And thank you, Frontline Workers. And wash your hands. Wash well, I look, forward to hearing, hands. I look forward to hearing what you say about 12 Monkeys and Andrew, especially because you have not seen it before. Really? Yeah, this will be... Yeah. Yeah, these past two I haven't seen. It's cool. Well, that about wraps it up for us. We really appreciate you listening in on today's podcast, this week's podcast on uh, Idiocracy. We hope you enjoyed it. And um, just a reminder to everyone out there, wash your hands. Wash some hands. Wear a mask. Wash your damn hands. Yes. Listen to the podcast while you're doing all these things in your homes. (laughs) And thank you to everyone out there, you know, helping out, doing food banks and Nurses and doctors and everybody. Grocery store clerks and uh, Amazon delivery, delivery people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any delivery really, people. Really Can't do it without you. Yeah. First and until time. next time. Yes. Bye-bye. See ya. Toodles. Say <laughs> <Is it> toodles? <laughs> I did say toodles. <laughs> <laughs>